Welcome to this week's episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. On this week, in honor of Christmas, we're going to look into the historical Jesus and how Christmas has been ruined this year. Many of our listeners may have seen on social media through our account or many other Jewish influencers' accounts the way that Christmas this year has been very much hijacked by an unfortunate message. I feel bad for any of our Christian listeners who are unfortunately getting a little taste of what the Jewish people have been dealing with for many years. This year, due to the conflict, unfortunately many Western Palestinian groups, also known as anti-Israel groups, have decided to try and punish the Christian population in support of their supposed cause. I'm not quite sure exactly how Gaza has anything to do with Christmas, but nonetheless they've decided that they don't want anyone to celebrate Christmas without being hassled or their children being traumatized at a mall Santa display. In honor of this situation and the time of year that we're in, I thought that it'd be a good time to discuss a few things regarding Christmas. First and foremost, I wanted to talk about the historical Jesus, the one that the Christian faith is centered around. I think most Jewish people, even if they don't follow Christianity, have a little bit of an insight into the fact that Jesus was a rabbi from Judea. He was a Jewish man who preached the Torah in many cases throughout the Gospels and, according to Christians, was killed by the Romans and then resurrected to be some type of Messiah figure. Up until recently, it was never very controversial to talk about the fact that Jesus came from Israel or Judea. It was pretty much self-explanatory because the Christian New Testament came after the Jewish Old Testament. Again, this is terms used by Christians. To us, it's just called the Hebrew Bible or the Torah. There's little doubt in the Christian New Testament, which is a continuation or a second version of the Old Testament, that Jesus comes from the line of David. That is how the Messiah is supposed to work. According to Jewish scripture, the Messiah has to come from the lineage of David. And the Gospels, if you ever read the Gospels for my Jewish listeners, you can read in a number of the Gospels they give or attempt to give the lineage of Jesus from himself, through his parents, all the way up to King David. Why would they do this? Why was it important to the Gospel writers that we can tie this person to David? Along that same line, of course we know from the Jewish books that the line of David stems from Bethlehem. That's where David comes from and therefore his future Messiah, that is going to follow his footsteps, comes from Bethlehem as well. Now, we have a little bit of a contradiction here, and I apologize to my Christian followers and listeners. I hope this won't seem too controversial for you. The name Jesus usually is followed by of Nazareth. Many of us know him, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth being in the north of Israel. So explain to me how exactly Jesus had to be from Bethlehem if he was born in Nazareth. In the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, we have two different birth stories for Jesus. Interestingly, both made sure that he had to go and be born in Bethlehem, because of course we know that is a requirement for a Christian Messiah to follow the Jewish law that he had to come from the house of David in Bethlehem. So both authors found a way to force the story into Bethlehem. We have two different versions, one from Matthew and one from Luke both giving different reasons why Jesus' family had to go down to Bethlehem, one being a census. But either way, the fact remains that Jesus would have come and been born in a town called Bethlehem if you believe these Gospels at face value. Most of us know the rest of the story. Jesus, of course, grows up. He practices Judaism. He practices Torah law under the typical Pharisaic rabbinic ideas. 
He then, of course, goes to the temple. He causes some trouble in the temple, being that he did not like the Sadducean priestly class and the corruption that he felt was there. He turned the tables on these money changers that were in the temple. There's a whole history here that I would love to go into, but unfortunately, we don't have too much time in the podcast. But the fact remains that he caused enough issues that the Romans didn't like the idea that there was this troublemaker in town during the Passover time and decided to crucify him. A frequently used method of killing for those troublemakers in Judea. There are many historians who have various ideas on the legitimacy of these stories, how much they're fictional, how much they're made up, how much they're based on tradition. But you know what? The fact remains, there is very little doubt that there was an historical Jesus at some point. Typically, his name would be Yeshua, Joshua in Hebrew or Aramaic, and it was later changed to Jesus as the Greek and Latin versions of the New Testament came out. So how do we have this guy who lived in ancient Judea under the Roman occupation somehow being called Palestinian today? So there are a few things that I want to say here. First of all, the fact is that Jesus in the Gospels is always referred to as someone in Israel. The word Palestine does not show up once in any of the writings of the New Testament. Israel, however, is mentioned very frequently because it wasn't controversial to know that Jesus came from Israel. It's actually kind of a cornerstone and a tenant to Christianity that Jesus would have come from Israel because in order to be the Messiah, you would have to have come from the house of David and be a Jew. Christianity is built on the Old Testament. That's why they have the Old Testament as part of their New Testament. If you look at their books, they are connected. The reason being is because you cannot understand the idea of messiahship if you don't understand the what they call Old Testament and how a messiah works and where it comes from. In order to have legitimacy, Israel is a central part of their story. And yet, for some reason today, we're noticing this very drastic change. In my personal opinion, what it seems is happening here is that we're trying to see the rewriting of history. The Palestinian people and their supporters today are attempting to suggest that despite all historical records, the Palestinian people have been around for thousands of years, which unfortunately is not found in any records that we've seen. They try to make it work. They call themselves the Philistines, which is completely inaccurate. They call themselves Canaanites, which is completely inaccurate. They say they've always been there. Whatever the case may be, the fact is that Palestine never existed until the Roman conquerors after Jesus named it Syria-Palestina as an insult. So in order to create this ancient history of the Palestinian people, which doesn't exist, they need to tell us that it's thousands of years old, and if we know that Jesus lived thousands of years ago, therefore Jesus had to have been Palestinian because it was the land of Palestine then, not Israel, which goes against all history, all writings in the Gospels, the book of Acts, everything that the Christians believe in, it essentially throws that out the window. But they don't really care. That's the problem. They just say things like Jesus is Palestinian, or maybe they try and imply, well, if today he was born, he would be considered Palestinian because that's a piece of Palestinian land, according to today's views, ignoring all of history, which makes zero sense whatsoever. In fact, I mentioned on our last podcast that I had spoken to a gentleman who claims to be Palestinian through social media who messaged me in a very rude way. But I had a very long conversation with him, he himself being a Christian Palestinian Arab. And I asked him, please explain to me how if Jesus is Palestinian and Palestinians are this old, 
Why didn't the Gospels or any of the writings of the New Testament say anything about it? They didn't use the word Palestinian once. And he made a really stupid comment where he suggested that, I don't believe in the Gospels. I don't believe anything it was written. So he, apparently he claims to be a Christian, but doesn't believe in any of the writings of Christianity, maybe because it doesn't suit his purposes of claiming Palestinian ancient status. I don't understand it. And this came from the mouth of a Christian Palestinian Arab. Even they don't understand this theory that they've created. And it is unfortunate that today we are seeing this hijacked Christian idea of Jesus being Palestinian and also the conflict going on in the Middle East creating such a hostile environment all over the world. We've seen videos on social media, on regular media, of supposedly pro-Palestinian activists going into malls and onto streets and into events, candle lightings and choirs and things of that nature and just really making a huge mess of everything, tormenting children, screaming disgusting things at people. I'm honestly at a loss for words for how to explain how I feel about the fact that these people are tormenting children who are trying to celebrate their religious holiday in order to prove some type of point about how Gaza is in trouble right now, not mentioning Hamas, of course, and how these children need to be tormented for your cause. Like as if if this protest that you're creating wins, somehow all of a sudden Gaza will be free and things will be great and Hamas won't exist anymore because you protested some little kid on Santa's lap. I don't understand it. Other than just trying to ruin other people's lives because you're bored. Taking it one step further, unfortunately, we've seen it actually get worse in the Middle East for Christians. This week it was announced that Christmas would officially be cancelled in Bethlehem, the city of Jesus' supposed birth. This is a tourist hotbed. There are tons of people who go to Bethlehem to go pray at the spot that Jesus was supposedly born in. There are businesses around and hotels that are usually full of tourists coming to just enjoy the beautiful scenery. Unfortunately, though, this year is different. And the reason why this year is different comes down to demographics and, unfortunately, numbers. When there was a census 70 years ago in Bethlehem, 86% of the Palestinian Arabs that lived there were considered Christians. This is no surprise. Of course, many Christians would want to be close to a very significant place in their history. However, as we've seen time pass, today we only have 12% of Christians living in their holiest site the birthplace of Jesus. Slowly, the Christians have been moved out of Bethlehem or have feared for their lives in order to leave to stay safe. And the growing Muslim population now controls the city. So how does this affect Christmas in Bethlehem? Personally, I think the fact that the Christian population is dropping, meaning the Muslim population is growing, Christmas, which is obviously not important to the Muslim population there, is no longer as important as it used to be for an 86% Christian population at one point. So the Palestinian Minister of Tourism and the Mayor of Bethlehem have decided that they are going to cancel Christmas in Bethlehem this year out of some support for those in Gaza. I hate to point out the fact that the mayor and the head of tourism in the Palestinian territories are likely not Christian and therefore don't care about Christmas. They also don't care about the hundreds of people who get big money flowing in from their hotels and their various tourist traps that they create in Bethlehem for all of the people who come to visit. This is yet another way that the Muslims are not necessarily looking out for their Christian brethren in Bethlehem. 
maybe to further push out the Christians from this area. So the mayor and the minister of tourism decided that it's much more important to show solidarity with the people of Gaza than it is to promote people coming to visit these holy sites for Christians or the economic benefit that that creates for their own people. They made that decision for those people instead. Funny enough, I caught a clip of CNN talking about how Bethlehem has canceled their Christmas this year and they did an entire expose on it. We had a few-minute little piece where they showed all of the lights missing and there's no Christmas decorations, there's no trees. They talked to locals and saying how terrible it was that their businesses are being shuttered. No one can make any money off of this situation, and it makes you feel really bad. What was interesting is that the CNN video blamed Israel for this, claiming that Israel decided to block all entrances and exits from the city, thus making it impossible for tourists to come. Which I thought, actually, at first, that's pretty bad if Israel's doing that. Israel shouldn't be causing problems for Christians to celebrate Christmas. But after doing the research, I realized that that's not exactly true. When CNN described all these big piles of rubble that were being placed all over in order to block people from entering the city, and all kinds of destruction that was all over the area making it impossible to celebrate Christmas, it kind of made sense that maybe this is a problem. That was until I did a little bit of research, the research that CNN chose not to do. Apparently, this year, in solidarity with the Palestinians in Gaza, the municipality of Bethlehem has organized an artwork called, quote, Nativity Under the Rubble in Manger Square, where the decorated Christmas tree once used to be. The Palestinian Arabs themselves placed the rubble all over the town in order to symbolically show their solidarity with Gaza. And yet... CNN blamed Israel for creating that same decoration that the Palestinian Arabs are claiming that they did themselves in order to show the evil Israelis ruining Christmas. That is so unbelievably laughable. The Palestinian Arab government decided to trash its own area symbolically, and it was blamed on Israel saying that they ruined Christmas, when in reality, the Palestinian Arab government ruined their own Christmas, because really, they don't care. They don't care about those businesses. They don't care about those people. They couldn't care less about the Christians. Maybe it's even a plan to continue to drop the Palestinian Christian population in Bethlehem. I don't know. But it was really funny that everything, all roads lead back to Israel, at least according to CNN. In the end, we definitely are seeing that Christmas is being ruined this year. The problem is it's not really the war that's ruining it. It's these Western pro-Palestinian anti-Israel activists who have hijacked Christmas in order to ruin it for the Christian people, trying to hijack Jesus himself in order to make Jesus a Palestinian, which he never was, nor would he ever have been, because there was no such thing as Palestine. We've also seen the Palestinian Arab government penalize and punish the Christian population of Bethlehem and ruin their Christmas too. Because in the end, no one seems to care about the Christians and their holiday. We are seeing the treatment of Jews for so many years, unfortunately, finally being targeted at another group. We see the hate against the Christians, the trying to kidnap of their culture and their heritage. Jesus was a Palestinian, which goes against all Christian belief and all Christian books. They are just trying to ruin Christmas, hijack Christmas, and make it something that they can use as a weapon against the Jews and Israel. 
Unfortunately, we're ending this season on a somewhat nasty note of the war going on in the Middle East, of Christmas being ruined, of anti-Semitism on a scale we have not seen since World War II. And I hope that in season three that starts next week, we'll have a little bit more happier things to talk about, more positive and educational things. Thank you all for listening. It is officially our two-year anniversary. I cannot believe that this podcast has been going on for over two years now. And thank you for all of your support. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following us on our Instagram account. Hopefully we'll see you all in the new year. Merry Christmas to any of our Christian followers. And happy holidays to anybody else who's listening. This has been another episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. Don't forget to check us out on social media at jdr.podcast and check out some of our other episodes on your favorite podcast source. We'll see you next time.